This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 81, where we're talking about Gotham Season 3, Episode 4, A New Day Rising. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzine on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Hey there, Gothamites. Welcome back to our discussion about Season 3, Episode 4, New Day Rising. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, I'm one of your other hosts, John. Great to be back on Gotham uh, on a regular basis, once a week, every week now. Absolutely. Thank the Jervis Tetch. You know, (laughs) really good to be back uh, podcasting on all things to do with Season 3 Gotham. Uh, Yeah, it was a long wait, as we've already said, but like, uh, yeah, great to be regularly podcast absolutely absolutely and what a great episode lots of lots and lots of stuff going up on this episode yeah this is another good episode of gotham i think um you know as it goes they do ensemble really well mm-hmm. um it's sometimes when they focus weirdly i i think so it's when they focus on just maybe one aspect that sometimes it kind of just drops off mm. um and I think now that they've kind of gotten into this groove of doing an ensemble piece literally every week so far in season three, um, it, it's really stepped up a notch for me. Yeah. Um, and again, I think this is a really solid, solid uh, episode of Gotham. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, I think it's time to get into it. Uh, and there is a reason behind why this episode had a lot of uh, a lot of good connections for some of the main characters, mostly behind the camera and some of the people involved. Uh, as always, I'll tell you some of the uh, some of the background notes for the episode. Uh, this episode was was written by. Let's start with writing. Uh, it was written by Robert Hull, uh, who's written three other episodes so far of uh, of Gotham. He wrote Mommy's Little Monster in season two, Mad Grey Dawn, and Pinewood also in season two. So uh, lots of uh, of history within the Gotham show, uh, and he'll be back for episode ten of this season. And this episode was directed by Eagle Eggleston, who's been with us all the way back to season one from what the little bird told them uh, through Beasts of Prey, Last Laugh, A Dead Man Feels No Cold, and the finale of season two transference so he's really really experienced in gotham and i think there's a couple of touches that will point out as the episode goes on that really show you his style within the show definitely uh, john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of this episode yeah absolutely subject 514a aka 5 or emo bruce uh, assists selena in robbing a bar and rescues her when she is captured but she sees the scars on his body and identifies him as an imposter Five admits he wanted to experience a normal life by socialising with someone, but Selina reassures him that he is quite normal, more than he thinks, and they kiss. Tetch hypnotises the wrestling Tweedle Brothers to help him break into the GCPD and kidnap Alice, but Gordon and Bullock track them down. Gordon finds himself still under the suicidal influence of Tetch's hypnosis, realising his suicidal urges are connected to his issues with Lee. Gordon begins to overcome them and breaks the spell. Alice falls and is impaled on a pipe, leaving a grief-stricken Tetch to escape, whilst proclaiming that it's your fault to Jim Gordon. Whilst investigating the crime scene, Barnes becomes infected by Alice's dripping blood. Meanwhile, in the election, Cobblepot bribes campaign's officials to buy the election, but Enigma takes the money back to Cobblepot's shock he wins the election anyway, and realises Nigma wanted to show him that the people genuinely wanted him as mayor. 
Five bids farewell to Bruce and tries to leave Gotham, but is kidnapped by the Court of Owls. Yes, what a great moment uh, at the end of this episode. But I think we'll get there as we as we go along. The way we're covering our episodes, in case this is your first time joining us, we cover our episodes by choosing our top five points about them and talking all around them and a couple of notes at the end. Um, I think we're going to start off with a bit of love, John. Are we? Yes, I think it is. I believe in Harvey Dent. I mean, I believe in Oswald Gobblepot. <laughs> um, it's Oswald wins the election. Yes. Uh, run, running as mayor, he is doing his utmost to win. Um, and yeah, bribing the election board, bribing other officials. Um, and a really interesting moment with, uh, with, with both Ed Nigma and with Butch Gilzean mm. where, you know, they're kind of coming to sort of loggerheads. There's a real suspicion and distrust between them. Um, like initially I was wondering, is this Butch making a play? I mean, he was, but in terms of, not to kind of take over from Oswald or or to kill him or something, yeah. but just simply to begin the the running of the criminal underworld. You know, he would be in a high place. He could take the bribes. You know, he he could allow the gang to really blossom mm-hmm. with this new arrangement. Um, w- with Oswald Cobblepot uh, elected, he's elected anyway. But it all kind of reverses on him because it's elected. If, I mean, Oswald is elected through his sheer personality, yeah. the fact that people actually do want him. And, and Ed Nigma has always believed in Oswald Cobblepot and mm-hmm. he wins the election. You know, this is Nigmobblepot realized. <laughs> um, large, really. The, the, the yeah. bromance, the love mm-hmm. is there and the chief of staff, um, not the chief of stiff is going to be Ed Nigma. <laughs> I know, I know. That's really interesting. Yeah, really, really <laughs> interesting turnaround. I mean, I can absolutely understand Butch's frustration where he's like, mm. what? Now? Why? You know, I mean, kind of turning on them, the whole electoral strategy of, of Oswald's campaign, which was to bribe people, Um, you know, Butch probably should be rewarded for that, I think. Yeah, um, you know, whereas totally. instead that the rug is fully pulled from from under his feet, uh, and uh, you know he is literally back to being the chief enforcer or or the muscle, yeah, um, in this relationship. So, like we're we're big Butch supporters over here at Gotham TV podcast, absolutely, as, as you can probably tell from our intro and outro every week. Um, so I did feel really bad for poor yeah, Butch here, no, I did, especially because he was effectively carrying out the orders given to him by Oswald. Um, Oswald tells him to put the gun to Ed's head, knowing that he couldn't win the election without the bribes that uh, that Ed had taken back. Yeah. But it turns out he won anyway. So Oswald and Butch had exactly the same belief in, Os- in Oswald winning this election, but Butch is the one going to pay the price for it, you know? Definitely. And I mean, we did have a theory about whether, you know, Butch, you know, which side, whose side is he ultimately going to come down? Yeah. Is it on Oswald's? Is it on Fish Mooney, who is still out there? Or is it on his own? And this kind of episode seemed to suggest he was going to make a play on his own, but still be loyal to, to Oswald. Yeah. Now I'm not so sure. Now I think he realizes he's always going to be playing second fiddle to the Riddler. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, certainly even more so now that the love and the bromance between these two, um, has been cemented with a riddle. I can't be bought, but I can be stolen at a glance. I am worthless to one, but priceless to two. Um, 
love. Oh, lovely Valentine's Day moment for exactly, the two of Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, like, this, this was, I think really good and i mean even just the fact that you know there's that initial moment where oswald has has his moment of saying i thought you were my friend you were supposed to be my friend um i thought you were my friend um and you kind of know when he starts talking about friends that either he's going to bribe you or he's probably going to kill you because he's realized no you're not a friend because you don't do what he wants I'm wondering whether things are going to get complicated down the road, though, for uh, Nick Mogglepot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting because I, I just wonder. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting one. I would have liked a scene in the episode that wasn't the, the, the scene that um, that Ed staged uh, in front of uh, in front of Oswald, where he paid a little girl to say uh, thank you so much for taking care of the monsters. I would have kind of liked to have seen that the city of Gotham was behind Oswald. Because um, they have really re-elected Mayor Aubrey many, many times, it seems. Um, so why is it that they've gone for Oswald Cobblepot, other than it serves the show a bit? Um, I, I kind yeah. of was hoping that, that that scene with the little girl, oh, suddenly it makes sense to me. Of course, they they can't trust their police force, so they're going for Oswald because he took out the monsters. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, um, that was that was a great little scene anyway, because it, it made the point that, enigma was trying to make but like at the time oswald just didn't see it mm-hmm. but it did give you some explanation and I, yeah I, I agree it was kind of like i felt as though the election campaign was just starting which it really yeah. was and then by the end of the show um yeah it's done dusted and he's elected mayor now it, it's one of those things you've got to scoot through certain aspects but of course again i think this was really quite quick but yeah. i mean um and unlike the real presidential elections uh in, in the USA um that doesn't happen no cer- um, certainly not no. probably not even a mayoral <laughs> election but it is good to see that Oswald Cobblepot has um consistently uh, oranged up uh, <laughs> like commander in chief uh here there is certainly a moment there when, uh, when <laughs> so, I, was, I was seeing them pay tribute in the show uh, to uh, to yeah. the president of the US yes. no offense intended and you know but all it it did look like the whole um you know sun kissed uh, orange <laughs> uh, i was expecting the salty bed hairs you know surfer mm-hmm. dude type thing yeah. uh, as well going on so yeah. yeah but now i do remember complaining in season 2 about how quickly the election happened for james frayne's character in uh, in season 2 theo galavan um how quickly he got elected to mayor so maybe this is just how they do it in gotham yeah. they you put up a couple of posters around the city you know, a little call out on a side street, and then suddenly the election happens. And yeah, in a day, in two or three done, days. done and dusted. Yeah. yeah, at least it's cheaper. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Less waffle. I think we need to get out of the political realm, though, John. Me too. Yes, let's absolutely. move on to one of the more interesting sides of the episode. Um, we have, and I forgot where we were going, we're going to Alice and her tea party. Big time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and. It ended up being a fairly tragic tea party for for poor old Alice, yeah. but um, this was really really good. I thought um, there are a number of things in this. First of all, just you know 
the relationship between Jervis Tetch and his sister, you know, she's absolutely petrified. But we start to get this um, realization that Tetch has been using his his hypnotic powers, yeah. which she says is more than that. It really gets under your skin and controls your life. That that's what he was doing to her. That's the reason for her running away. Yeah. And um, uh, there's this great moment of you know, sort of foreboding the the ultimate impaling of poor Alice uh, on a on a fur ground uh, ride, but where where he goes, you know, I don't want to lose you. You're the you're the thing that stops me from uh, becoming insane. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, I mean, he's already fairly cracked. Yeah, but here now. Um, you know, and as he's running off saying it's your fault to Jim Gordon, he's just going to get crazy. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what level of transformation is going to happen to Jervis Tetch in the show. I mean, he's already pretty crazy. I mean, that opening scene where it looks like he's using the, the hammer of, uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah. You know, ding, ding, ding. You know, he gets, uh, he gets the bell on the power. On the, the test of strength, he gets it, but, you know, unfortunately, between the hammer and, and the pressure pad is someone's head. So, like, or the janitor's head for, for the, for the fur ground storage. Yeah, it, this is like definitely really, really cool. This is definitely one of the, one of the ones really I wanted to point it. out from Eagle Eggleston's direction in the episode. It's one that just stood out so well. I love the idea of the camera panning up. Uh, as the uh, as the bell rings and blood spatters across it, you know, a really good little uh, good little use of the camera in that scene, really. Exactly, it. and it, it, but it's all about Alice's blood as well. You know, mm-hmm. she is the blood, and and Jervis is the mind, and you know, he, Jervis thinks that she completes him. Um, I mean, one of the the things I thought in in this episode was I was surprised Alice was still conscious and um, like <laughs> she had so much blood taken out of her yeah. from um from Leslie Tompkins uh, at the GCPD and uh-huh. then by her own brother um but it was more for nefarious reasons you know there was that moment where we all kind of probably thought um oh he needs her blood for his own powers yeah. that's where he's getting them from but in the end he says you know this is probably going to go into a public fountain and I'll create more monsters. You know, Gotham is going to get more monsters. A really nice Um, Joker callback. That's a really Joker kind of, um, kind of plan that you've come up with where you put it into a random water fountain kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. So so it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing about this whole kind of through line of, of Alice being kidnapped, uh, broken out from from the GCPD was mm-hmm. also that we get to see the Tweedle Brothers, yes. and this is this is fantastic nod to 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 the comics, Tweedledum, Tweedledee, and um, you know as well from Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. all of that. I mean, they they show up in the uh, Arkham City series of, of Batman video games, yeah. uh, console games. So really, really cool to see uh, the Tweedles in um, in this episode. Yeah. Another another part of, of of the Batman canon brought to life here. Absolutely. So absolutely fantastic. Very long standing characters have been around since 1943. Also created by Bob Kane, who was one of the co creators yeah. of, of Batman, obviously. Um, but yeah, they've been around for 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 decades. They have generally been their own bad guys they've been leaders of the gang but i really like incorporating the two of them together is absolutely obvious that you would have tweedledum tweedledee mad hatter and this character of of alice all gathered together in one scene diva and dumfrey yes were the two tweedles 
That's right. Um, and they, Just like in the comics, exactly yeah, the same And they thing, got so. twaddled um, <laughs> by, by the GCPD. Uh-huh. No, they were still there, but... Yeah. Um, two of the other brothers didn't. Yeah, uh, two of the other brothers didn't, and neither did their masks. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what Bullock called them now, but yeah, they like to get buried in them. Um, and he used that as a good old bargaining tool yeah. in the... In the interrogation, did learn a nice little bit about uh, about Harvey's past there. That his dad used to bring him along to wrestling matches uh, in the old days, so he knows all about these guys. So, uh, yeah, really nice little use of of Harvey's history there, which is yeah, uh, always definitely. Good to see. Yeah. I mean, I think as well the you know this is a strange relationship between Alice and and, and Jervis Tetch, and I think the other yeah. great little kind of contrast or not contrast but the comparison was that you know there was a nice other strange relationship in in this episode uh, of Jim Gordon and Leslie Tompkins and it kind of plays within the and and mirrors uh, everything that seems to be going on between Alice and and, and Jervis Tetch uh, to some degree or another you know um, and and there's some really good moments i think um with within this episode between jim and leslie well you know we get a bit more uh of of a window into that whole area where jim goes to the other city and sees leslie um laughing away with mario but i i thought you know I, I just thought this was a really nice uh, little touch. You know, I know we can't change the past, Leslie says, but there's a difference to moving on and letting go, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is in, in response to effectively Jim clamming up, being about as emotionally reactive, you know, a, a, as a dead cat. Um, <laughs> you know, he simply goes, the past is the past, you know, and I, you know, this was a really, really just nice little uh, moment between these two characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that, and I liked how it kind of mirrored the strain between Alice and uh, and Tetch in some way, where, you know, Alice is is the one who doesn't want to to have that connection, which Mm -hmm. Jervis does. And in the same way here, at least until the end, Jim is still trying to back away from her and keep that, that, emotional distance and just simply say the past is the past and moving on. Yeah. Whereas Leslie is trying to at least maintain the fact that, well, they could be friends or there was a relationship there. So I really, I, I thought that was quite nice in this episode. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I know the, the kind of reminder of their relationship is really important in the show as well. You know, they did have a very strong relationship. She was carrying his baby. She lost the baby and had to, had to deal with the whole thing without Jim. Uh, and Jim's obviously, he's playing on the idea that if he separates himself for her, uh, she, he'll be happier or she'll be happier in her life uh, if he steers clear of her, which is what is eating him up inside. It's what Jervis has uh, attached to and is driving him to kill himself uh, throughout this episode, all the way through it. So really good that they've used Leslie as a character to bring him back from the brink. You know, it's 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 something that he needs. He needs to have some kind of grounding. Everybody else that he works with or is around seems not to be able to do anything for him, uh, anything to help him get off this kind of this kind of cliff that Jervis pushed him over the edge of so yeah and um, it's really interesting to see that that hypnotic conditioning that impression that jervis has had it it, is still there with him every time the tick tock tick tock goes of a clock or Mm. indeed a pelican crossing um you know really (laughs) really good little moment there where everybody thinks that it it, it's over in the instant Mm mm-hmm 
but it's not. It's it's yeah. still with him. Let's hope he doesn't go to a, a grandfather clock shop at any stage. Well, absolutely. Like <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I thought that moment where, where Jervis and Jim meet in the GCPD as they're breaking Alice out, and there's just that standoff, and you get the eyes again uh, as, as he's bringing Jim back into uh, that zone of, of hit, hypnosis, yeah. and the gun just comes up to his head. Like, really... Properly, not like cool, I think, mm-hmm. and then saved by Captain Barnes. Yeah, with a great hit from that, uh, yeah. from that um, crutch to the back of the head. So there is something that connects the two points, obviously, which is our third oh, point. Yes, yeah. Barnes gets infected. Yes, the blood transfer as well. Yeah. Oh, big time! This so, is really cool. I think um, this is really a, a, an interesting setup. So we see Barnes early on in the in the episode where he's standing with Jim in in the GCPD, um, and you see him kind of crumple a little bit on his crutch. Jim sees what's happening and asks him, "Is he okay?" And Barnes ha- is having none of it. So to start with, we know Barnes is still being affected by the attack that Theo Gallivan had on him at the end of last season. So that's still affecting him. So there was a call out in this episode that the blood does something different to everybody that is infected by the blood. So yeah. I'm wondering if something that may have happened to him, this this attack that happened to him by Theo, uh, will turn him stronger, will turn him a different way. Any theories on what we think it could be? Like he's obviously, as the captain of the police force, being beaten down by a criminal uh, who's, just slightly mad, basically, which is what happened to Galavan, um, could have had some deep-seated effects on uh, on Captain Barnes. It could be. I mean, yeah, the like we, we get to find out in this episode that the blood brings out or reveals one's true self. Mm. So it will be interesting to see. You know, Captain Barnes is hugely controlling. He's hugely um, authoritarian in yeah. terms of his approach. You know, he's ex kind of military. Uh, you saw that with the the strike force one, the the cadets, and, and and so on. But at the same time, he's gone through a series of like, in effect, setbacks. You know, he he was he was brought in to to clean up everything, the GCPD and Gotham, and instead things have gotten worse under his watch. He's he's effectively had bad relationships with Jim Gordon, who was, you know, at one point his second in command. So, you know, how has that affected his true self? Yeah. And how will that manifest through uh, being infected then with with this drop of blood? So I, I can't really wait to see what happens I here. I, I, I'm not entirely sure of, of a character uh, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't think. And maybe, again, it, it's a new character to to the show. I mean, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with an infected Captain Bonds. Like, I'm wondering, because he only got a drop, will he feel an effect that improves the condition that um, he, he's been afflicted with through the, you know, the first part of this season mm-hmm. and, you know, leading him to have the, the, the crutch. Um, you know, will it kind of improve that so he doesn't need the crutch anymore? And so in effect, he becomes addicted to it. So, you know, we know that there's the blood recovered from the, the scene of the crime, uh, and the, the, the blood that Leslie Tompkins has got. So will he kind of keep dipping into these reserves? Interesting. Um, yeah. Where it builds up. Um, to, you know, levels that make him go absolutely crazy. You know, to what extent does he keep a, um, a handle on it whilst he's 
the the captain of the GCPD, yeah. you know, or is it just going to send him completely and utterly crazy? And, and you know, we're going to have you know this transformation uh, of Captain Barnes, which we we were kind of aware of anyway was was going to happen uh-huh. uh, based on kind of the synopsis of the first part of this season, Mad City. So this will be really interesting, I think. Yeah, uh, to see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I think obviously it's a really good theory that he may be dipping into the reserves of blood that uh, that have been taken from Malice. That's a very good use of them. That was very clear that there was about uh, what six vials that uh, that Jervis Tetch took, another two potentially that Les took as well so there's quite a few vials of blood out there um for him to dip into and we did see a bit of the transformation at the end of the episode we did see his face kind of bulb out uh, his veins, the veins pop a bit. the eyes go bloodshot yeah. and so on yeah another another great moment again for the for the for this another great scene i suppose uh, for the episode as well um i don't know i'm kind of there's there's definitely part of me that's kind of wondering is this solomon grundy a character uh, from the comic books a really uh, well-built strong Character. That's true, but he's effectively dead, isn't he? So yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be mm-hmm. absolutely. So that they could be changing something up. It could be a new character. Yeah, we don't know. And again, but, let's say he's he's dead by the time Batman gets around. Yeah, but the one thing we do know <laughs> is that GCPD uh, forensic unit and uh, the CSI effectively um, they don't clean up the crime scene very well. Like um, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, okay, they know her blood is dangerous. Yeah. Why is that even being left there? Considering that Alice was taken away with uh, hazmat suits on, <laughs> which I thought was really good continuity, really consistent with the whole thing. Yet then, knowing all of this, there's a pool of blood that's formed on the floor. Uh, and it, okay, it's unfortunate that poor Captain Bonds looks up as the drop goes in. <laughs> but I, I did think that you really need to clean up after yourselves. <laughs> um, certainly when dealing with infectious hazardous material but hey it wouldn't be gotham without that absolutely absolutely yeah Um, it's an interesting development to see uh, see what happens in future tell you who else could clear up the streets of gotham not five with his kick-ass fighting moves in this episode yeah i'm bad emo emo bruce um this guy knows how to kick some butt i again this is another element of, of of this week's episode that i just thought was superb um was Emo Bruce fighting kick-ass style, mm-hmm. um, but also um, just that moment, those relationships with Selena. Yeah, um, you know, it was it was really kind of touching. It was melancholic in a way. You know, that I, I've never had any friends before. I don't know why I'm here. I just thought that was just really good. And and you know, even though Selena has realised that he is. Um, a fraud that he, it's not Bruce because of the other scars on his body uh, after he's been knifed protecting her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she still is there and, and, and hangs around, uh, helping him. Like, I, I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really cool, yeah. actually. Um, and I really like the, the, that whole moment on, on, on the top of the roof where the pigeon coop is where he's saying that I don't know what I'm here for. I don't know why I was down in Indian Hill. Why did they do this? Why can't I feel pain? Uh, he didn't even know that he looked like Bruce Wayne until, you know, a few days ago. So yeah. like, it, it's, it's a really sad story. And I think Selena, it probably by the fact that he looks like, uh, normal Bruce, real Bruce that, you know, she's, she's really caring for him. And I think it's kind of by, it's almost like, Real Bruce and Selena's 
relationship by proxy. And I think that's what makes it really good because it, it, it shows what could be. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not with real Bruce. Yeah. And I, I think that's really interesting. Um, and I, I think, um, you know, he steals the kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's his passing shot to, to real Bruce and Alfred as he leaves. And it, the real, great little kind of wry smile on his face as he jumps off the building. I mean, that was cool as well that, you know, so, okay, he can jump down, you know, what, 10 stories Mm -hmm. or more uh, onto the roof of the car. And I mean, you are kind of just wondering in terms of the theory, could this be the real Bruce? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's a great way the the writers have used this character to be able to do the things that they can't actually do with Bruce uh, with Bruce Wayne. You know, they, they created the character at the beginning of the show. His parents have been shot. He's standing in the street. And then we've pretty much followed his day-to-day life, apart from the time he spent skiing over in the Alps. Um, but we've kind of followed his day-to-day life as we go. There's only so many times you can watch Bruce actually being trained and they generally don't do that in the show they show him being trained a little bit and then there's that's used to propel some other uh storyline so what they've done here is create a character that they can actually show this is what we want bruce to be in future and it's played by david mazuz so we know the actor can do all this stuff so i'm wondering if we will see a little gap for uh for david mazuz to maybe go off and um explore that other character try and uh, be the bruce wayne to become five because now he's seen this guy's abilities uh, and kind of go okay that's what i want to be able to do uh, and I'm, I'm able to do it with my size and at the height and age i am because he's able to do it so clearly i can do it you know yeah uh, but he's also been like developed he like he it's not just a lucky likey for bruce no, of course, wayne of course it's, like it's a war machine mm-hmm. almost it, it's um you know he he's impervious to pain he can fight without having ever been trained. Yeah. He can now jump between buildings, presumably, as much as he can fall and and, and land controlled down, I don't know, 10 stories or whatever. Yeah. So, like, all those traits you could apply to Batman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so that's really interesting to, to see. And, I, I mean, I suppose... I do like the fact that all this whole stealing of the kiss, th- these awkward teenage moments, mm-hmm. you know, it, it catches Alfred in the cage where, you know, real Bruce is effectively saying... No, she she kissed him because she thought it was me, you know, mm. all that, you know, <laughs> you you know, um, Alfred, you know, you've done advanced interrogation techniques. Was he lying about it? You know, there's all these awkward questions being fired by a teenager to to Alfred, uh-huh. who really just wants to kind of get on with being Alfred. <laughs> just make uh, tea. And, um, <laughs> I, I love that awkwardness, uh, and and then Bruce finally settles on the fact that. Oh, she probably just thought it was me. Yeah, of um, course. You know, so I'm going to l- absolutely love it when she probably tells him the opposite. Um, but in fairness, it was him that stole the kiss. Yeah. You know, in that sense. So, um, you know, I thought that was a nice little moment from all of this as well between absolutely. Alfred and, and the real Bruce and um, just talking over the, the you know, the, those feelings and new emotions and all of this that come through. Yeah. Um, 
there's, at, there's at that age, I suppose. So there's like, never a time I don't feel sorry for Alfred when he's put in these positions. He doesn't have any kids of his <laughs> own, yet he does have to have these conversations with Bruce as he grows up, and these things happen to him. You know, uh, does tend to be with poor Selena. Uh, is now in between the two Bruces. Um, so uh, interesting yeah. again that that what we see at the at the, the leaving part of uh, of five when he's jumping off the building, he does say, "She won't see me again, and neither will you, Bruce." He's about to leave the city, so. Nobody is looking for five. Everybody's expecting that he's gone from Gotham and we'll never see him again. Yeah. Uh, but on to our final point. Bruce's parents return? Absolutely. Uh, Bruce Wayne's parents return. Uh-huh. But in this case, it's emo doppelganger Bruce and his parents. Yes. The Court of Owls. I, I love the fact that she goes, well, we're your parents with the window uh, rolled down on the car mm-hmm. um, as she comes with uh, Talon mm-hmm. or proto-Talon to, to kidnap Emo Bruce. But I think it's what she says as well. She says, um, you could be Bruce Wayne. You could be so much more. And this is where those who like developing theories, speculation could just go, does he replace real Bruce Wayne, but ultimately carries on the flag of being Bruce Wayne um, in terms of fighting, in terms of uh, fighting crime and so on, becoming the Batman as he gets older? Or is it just that, as you say, um, real Bruce takes inspiration from emo Bruce in, in determining what he's and who he's going to be? And that's probably the right way, but I just can't stop kind of theorizing and, and speculating that, that the Bruce we the, followed for three seasons may no longer be our Bruce by the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen in the slightest. And it's pure wild speculation on my mm-hmm. part. But I like it though. I, I, I kind of just like that idea that the real Bruce ultimately is replaced by uh, emo Bruce, but emo Bruce becomes Bruce Wayne and then obviously the Batman. <laughs> that gets so confusing. But yes, I, I'm interested. That's an interesting theory. We will definitely be watching out for that in the yeah. future. And to, the Court of Confirm are... that I'm wrong, well, I would we'll say. We'll see. We'll see. And the Court of Owls are back uh, with Talon, um, showing that they were the ones involved, obviously, as, as we knew uh, from uh, earlier on in the season, they were the ones involved in the development of this character. They make the point that he is developed to be Bruce Wayne, so they did development yeah. for that reason so we knew that was part of the theory so really interesting to see what happens now so um so some of our theories about about him being mistaken for bruce in the future and getting killed or getting captured as the mistaken bruce wayne were wrong they knew exactly who, who they were looking for and they did catch him on the street yeah that's uh that's our top five points for this episode uh john i'm gonna grab a couple of notes i think on the episode have you got any any particular notes i've got i've got one or two here I did. I, I, I absolutely loved Bar- Barbara's line about being asked, um, are there any, are there any, is there any muscle in Gotham? We need someone with a little bit of flair. When she says, it's Gotham, baby, everybody's got flair. Absolutely loved that little moment from Barbara. It was, Barbara. it was a great line. I, I think as well, you know, you're in here again, uh, asking for things so often. It's like we're married. Yes. Scary thought, you know, again, I, I, you know, wonderful Barbara. Crazy, crazy Babs um, mm-hmm. is really good, and I love her interaction with uh, with Jim. Always, I think I'm going to enjoy her interaction when she finally sees Leslie back in town. I wonder if this is how it's going to leak that Mario 
is Falcone's son, uh, whether that's going to leak back to, to Jim uh, via uh, Scary Babs. Maybe. I just wonder. Um, but again, I love the uh, Selena and Alfred. You know, they've had a bit of a tumultuous kind of relationship, but I, I love when, you know, hero Bruce or aggressive Bruce, emo Bruce, uh, after the fight, she's kind of going props to Alfred uh, on his training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Thumbs up for, for Alfred with his training. I love that moment where, she, you know, she thinks it's, uh, it, it, it's real Bruce. Absolutely. Um, so all like some really, um, I don't think there's a weak part of this episode for me. I, I really enjoyed absolutely yeah. uh, all of it. Another couple of quick ones. Uh, loved Alfred's little shout out about, about the car, the fact that it's left in the narrows. Again, <laughs> yeah. another callback to, to Dark Knight. Um, it's left in the narrows and he's happy that he got more than the uh, the hubcaps back. Uh, enough to tow away, he says. Uh, and one for me that I just thought was fun um, was the fact that Alfred used the phrase, where the dickens is this kid? Um, the reason why is because one of my school teachers used to use that phrase all the time. And I know it's from a novel. I know it's I know it's a literary phrase because uh, he was English and was, a, was an English teacher, obviously, in our school. And he used to use this phrase, what the dickens? When you're a teenager in an Irish school and somebody's using that phrase, it does make you laugh quite a lot. So I was happy to see somebody else use it in the correct uh, correct way uh, in, uh, in the TV show. So thanks for that, Sean Percy, and thanks for that, Alfred. Um, that's all my notes. Anything else, John? No, that's all my notes as well. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Absolutely. Episode 5 of Gotham Season 3, Episode 4. One more big point to note. Obviously, we do have our Bullockism of the Week. Uh, this week, a couple of little candidates in there in the episode. Uh, make sure that if you are interested in winning our Gotham prize for this season, which is our Harvey Bullock Pop Vinyl, um, plus a couple of other prizes that we put together over the next couple of weeks, uh, just all you need to do is tell us your Bullockism of the Week. You can email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com with your favourite line from Harvey Bullock of the week or any thoughts about the about the show uh, you can also tweet us uh, over on twitter at gotham tv podcast just hashtag bullockism absolutely yeah. don't tweet us though don't tweet us no <laughs> uh, john what's what's the bullockism of this week from us well my one is um where alice tetch and harvey bullock uh, are in the interrogation room uh, and alice uh, tetch ab- about the murder of a landlord you know that was an accident and harvey replies with the infecting part or the lighting him on fire part <laughs> like really good line yes, there a nice you know, moment yeah absolutely yeah that yes okay you know, you've got poisonous or, you know, uh, problematic blood running through your veins, but you still set him on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also scared for her life. But I, I love Harvey's response to the infecting part or the lighting on fire part. Absolutely. Uh, my other one for the episode was Captain Barnes speaking to Harvey, where he says, you are following some misguided notion about friendship. James Gordon is going to get you killed one day. You get that? And Harvey responds, maybe, but until that day, I will never turn my back on him. Good old hero moment Absolutely, for yeah. I love those just as much as comedy moments as well. I really like get him getting some nice hero moments. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great uh, line for, for Harvey. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So on to feedback. So remember, if you have any thoughts or or discussion or comments on any episode of Gotham uh, or the season so far, please send them in to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Remember, you can also leave any feedback, discussion or comments at our Facebook group or page. Just go to Facebook and search Gotham TV Podcast and join our group over there and like our page. And of course, as always, there is at Gotham TV Podcast on Twitter where you can 
sending comments, obviously in a shortened format. Yeah. But we have uh, some more feedback from uh, Daniel Butcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, So, my son's observation, living in Gotham would be hard. I think you and I would be dead by now. <laughs> I think we'd both be dead. I think well, so Daniel. too, absolutely. Yeah. Or we would be like hermits. We would not leave uh, the house or apartment. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Uh, Daniel goes on to say, it was a little soap opera for me to have the owls pick up Bruce uh, clone. And what's up with Captain getting a bit of Alice's blood? Soap opera, which I'm declaring as a level of drama beyond Beyond comics. comics. Okay, interesting. (laughs) And seriously, nowhere, even in America, could someone who was placed in a hospital for the criminally insane could be named the chief of staff of a major city. Advisor, assistant, but chief of staff is just not believable. Agent Daniel out. Okay, I said we're not going to get into politics, so I'm not going to make the obvious uh, <laughs> reference here. But, um, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting uh, choice of the writers here to uh, to say that both of the characters who are in the lead positions for the city have both been in and out of uh, Arkham Asylum. Um, sorry, uh, Oswald does make the point that he's now framed their their certificates of sanity and um, release. They, exactly, they, they are there. They 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 are definitely sane. So while they were committed, um, both of them have been released. And once you've done the time and the crime has been washed away, you are entitled to go into public office. I presume. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it would get by in two days in any other country, though. No, probably not. I mean, absolutely. I suppose that that's where you suspend. Uh, disbelief for for mm-hmm. that split second. Of, yeah. Uh, when 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 this is going on, but it it, it is funny, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- there's a lot of moments like that, but I I think um I think they're beginning to to be you know an acceptable part of Gotham as to how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like and and as for the the soap opera moments, you know, to me those are the last panel of some comic books that I've read over the years. The DC and Marvel comic books are very used to these big moments of shock horror. Oh my god, something's just happened to our major character here. Dun 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 by the issue next week. So um, I think Gotham are starting to embrace those a little bit more. I'm not sure I'd call them soap opera because I've definitely seen them in the, in a lot of the the comic books that I've read. Yeah, I mean, I think as well, a lot of this is definitely, or certainly for me, for this episode, a lot of it was about the characters. Um, You know, Alice and Tetch, Jim Mm -hmm. and Leslie, Jim and Barnes, um, you know, obviously there's the Tweedles, um, Doppelganger and and Real Bruce, Uh Doppelganger. Slash real Bruce in Selena's mind and Selena, yeah. and then the realization w- with Alfred in that mix as well. Um, I, I think the owls with the overarching sort of storyline going on again, a bit like with Fish Mooney, they've been out the picture for a, a couple of episodes, so it'd be good now to see them uh, begin uh, to to develop the, whatever plan it is that they have with Evo Bruce. So uh-huh. I definitely think, yes, some of the plot elements can sometimes be uh, a bit disbelieving mm-hmm. um, or, you know, it's convenient and so on. I mean, I suppose on the election of a mayor, at least it's consistently short between um, the the different seasons so um i i think yeah sometimes there's there's an issue something can be too fast it can be a bit too outlandish yeah but i think as well i think you know gotham has embraced the madness uh the unbelievability that is in gotham yeah yeah uh like 
Joker or Jervis Tetch or the Riddler. The, yeah. the, the more unbelievable elements of those characters are here. Um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I think that makes it uh, uniquely different amongst the, the superhero um, shows. Yeah, so, certainly. Yeah, certainly. I, I, I on can TV. Think, I can certainly think of one of the shows that has a lot more uh, soap opera than Gotham does. And if you did want to make the most depressing comic book show, you could base your soap opera on EastEnders, our own British soap opera, the most depressing show uh, on television. Time. So uh, so if they wanted to go that way and turn Gotham into a really depressing city, there is there is a template out there for a show that's run for 45 years, I guess. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for your feedback, Daniel. Really good to hear from it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Daniel, as always, for the feedback. Um, you know, it's always challenging as well sometimes just to obviously get different opinions that don't always marry up with yeah. your own. But, I mean, it's it's always good to get because, yes, it, it can also be a source of, uh, yes, that plot issue was absolutely absurd or you have to try and defend your points. Absolutely. So there was just one little bit of feedback that we forgot to mention um, in last week's podcast episode. Hello from Bob in Canada. Um, he goes, I cannot believe how behind you are in Ireland. Uh, we absolutely share that sentiment. <laughs> uh, in Canada, I have just watched season three, episode 15, which is a great defining episode. Despite that, I really enjoy your podcasts. I'm so glad that you are back. Thank you, Bob, for those kind sentiments. That's really nice. And <laughs> we cannot wait to get to episode 15 to see this defining moment uh in in the gotham season three yeah that's spoilers to say it's defining is it i don't think so <laughs> yeah thanks so much for those thoughts bob great to hear from you really been enjoying the first four episodes of the season so far and really enjoying uh, getting through them every week uh, as we go one of the one of the benefits i suppose of having the the episodes so far behind the u.s is we've got 22 weeks in a row for these for these shows over here uh, whereas in the u.s and, and canada it's been on breaks every couple of weeks really it seems so they've stretched the 22 episodes over quite a long period of time uh, we're going to get them every week for 22 weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Bob. And, of course, remember, always, uh, if you want to leave any comments or thoughts, please provide your feedback over at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or join our group at Gotham TV Podcast over yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. I always forget to say this. You know you can now go over to YouTube and watch us on our videos. Just search for Gotham TV Podcast. We've done videos for the first four episodes. So if you want to come and see us, come over and wave at us over on YouTube. It's good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want to be scared out of your wits, um, <laughs> come and look at us uh, trying to do stuff in front of a camera. Absolutely. Always good fun. So that's all for the feedback. I think um, it's just... To wrap up from, from my side anyway, is that, you know, I would give this episode of Gotham four tweedles out of five. Um, I really enjoyed this episode yeah, for only three survived the episode. Exactly. Episode I know. Five. Um, you know, I really enjoyed this episode for, for all the, the, the ensembleness of it all and the character driven elements of this. Um, you know, and I, I just really thought that, you know, from Alice and her tea party with Barnes, you know, getting infected, you know, these are some 
really good developments to to Captain Barnes, but also now to Tetch, uh, but also I think with, with with Jim Golden involved in all of that. Yeah. How will all this play out? Because Jim has not got a good relationship with Barnes, and certainly not in the past. It's it's all been a bit terse. Um, and mm-hmm. then at the same time, um, you know, we know that Tetch is bl- going to blame Jim for the death of the sister that he loved. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, again, we have the, the relationship of the, the, the Nig Mobblepot, um, becoming realized that, yes. that, that bromance and, new love. and the new love that blossoms only briefly mm-hmm. between Emo Bruce and Selena. That was finished with a with a kiss. Ah, she thought it was Bruce. Yeah, she did. She did. She honestly thought it was Bruce. So I really, I think it was a really good, solid episode again. Absolutely. Yeah, really enjoyed this one. Looking forward to see how this develops out throughout the season. We're only four episodes into a 22-episode season, so loads more story to go. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back again next Wednesday, as always, with a new podcast about Gotham. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Um, remember that you can find us on gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or search Gotham TV Podcast on any other good uh, podcast catcher. Uh, subscribe, leave a review. As always, it's a pleasure discussing this show uh, with you, and we will see you again next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Bye. for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. Thanks for listening to Gotham TV Podcast, a TV podcast industries production. If you want to help out the podcast and you've enjoyed listening to us, there's some really easy ways to do it. If you can share our episodes through your social media channels like Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, or Google+, that gets some extra listeners into us. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or a rating, just leave a five-star rating, click the button, or go to iTunes through Gotham TV Podcast dot com slash itunes will take you straight to our page and leave us a review or a rating there that always helps out independent podcasts and also as always we love to hear your feedback about the show's interaction with our audience is what we really really love so you can send us feedback to feedback at gotham tv podcast dot com thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time